is Rhea. Welcome to Little Stories for Tiny People. Hey, what was that sound? Did you guys hear that? <gasps> Mateo, is that you? I thought you were still in sabbatical. Mateo tells me he finished his book, In and Out of Floorboards, a memoir. Oh, and he just handed me a copy. Mateo, this is so tiny. I'm going to need a magnifying glass to read it, but I promise I will. I do love a good memoir. Anyway, Matteo, it's rather a coincidence you showed up at my studio today because today's story just happens to be a new mouse story. I know, I know, I've written two stories about mouse already, but I just adore him and I had to write another. So, Matteo, are you ready for the story? Now that you're a published author and all, I do appreciate you willing to sit in. Okay, guys, he's ready. Tiny people, are you ready? All right, remember, there are no pictures. You'll have to imagine the pictures in your mind. You can imagine them however you want. Okay, here we go. Mouse woke with a start. He rubbed his eyes with his paws and raised his head to look around. He'd fallen asleep in the kitchen while his stew was bubbling on the stove. He'd been staying up late every night trying different recipes, but every night had ended in disaster. He saw now, as he lifted his nose in the air to sniff, that tonight would be no different. He dashed over to the pot of stew, but it was too late. The bottom was completely burned, and the kitchen was quickly filling with smoke. <coughs> I can't believe I did this again. Mouse turned off the stove. His shoulders slumped. His tail dragged. He untied the apron Grandma had given him to encourage his dreams of cooking school. It was covered in splotches of tomato sauce. On the front, in big blue letters, it read, Best Chef in the fifth hole in the wall. Yeah, right, Mouse muttered. I'm not the best at anything. He looked down sadly, tossed the apron in the trash can, and scampered off to bed. The next morning, Larry burst into Mouse's room. Mouse? Larry, I was having a dream about pie. Please go, so I may try to recapture it. Mouse, you want to wake up for this. I've got a surprise for you. Is it pie? It's better. Mouse sat up. Okay, you have my attention. Larry grinned. I didn't want to tell you until I knew for sure. Didn't want to get your hopes up or anything, but now I know why you always tell me I talk too much. <sighs> Just spit it out, Larry. Mouse, I got you a spot in the great Rodent, bake off! Larry threw his paws up in the air, clearly expecting Mouse to hurl himself into them with joy. Mouse frowned. Larry lowered his paws. Thought you'd be a little more excited, Mouse. This is the kind of thing real chefs do. Larry, I'm not a real chef. I'm a failure. Hey, that, that, that thing that you made last week... It was, it was, 
it, w- it was flavorful, you know? You couldn't even tell what it was, Larry. And I had to explain to Grandma that it was food. So you need practice. And maybe recipes? You could follow a recipe once in a while. Mouse rolled his eyes. Real chefs invent, Larry. Right. Look, Mouse, I can tell you're discouraged. But don't give up on this opportunity. I believe in you, and, and if you work hard enough, you could be a real chef that, that sometimes uses recipes. Mouse crossed his paws and shrugged. Hey, Mouse, is that a yes? Mouse smiled in spite of himself. That's a yes! I knew it! Great rodent bake-off, here we come. Ladies and gentle rodents, please take your seats in the various holes in the arena. The great rodent bake-off is about to begin. Bakers, please assume your positions. It was the day of the bake-off, and Mouse was a bundle of nerves. You know, Larry, the, the cheese shop is having a huge sale today. 30% off, and, and come to think of it, Uncle Horatio might have a cheese shop coupon in his coupon closet. He tried selling coupon books a while back, but no one bought them, so he has like a gazillion coupons. Anywho, we could always come back to the bake-off next year. Mouse began walking back towards the exit, but Larry grabbed him by the tail. Not so fast, Mouse. That's just your nerves talking. My nerves have a lot to say today, Larry. Come on, Mouse. Let's find your spot. I want to assure everyone we've heightened security for this year's bake-off after last year's feline infiltration. And please consider making a donation to the Free the Hamsters Fund. Mouse found his workspace and began setting out his knives. He took the opportunity to check out his competition. Mouse gulped as he glanced down the line of rodents prepping their workstations. Each contestant had a sign displaying his or her name. There was a gerbil named Gilligan, who had knives that shined so pristinely Mouse wondered if they'd ever cut anything. There was a mouse named Jasmine, who Mouse recognized as last year's Bake Off champion. She appeared to be doing some deep breathing exercises. Next to Jasmine was a hamster. Mouse could tell this was a hamster who'd escaped, not one who'd been accidentally released or rescued. His name was Finn, and he looked tough. Next to Finn was Sydney, the lone rat in the competition. Sydney seemed to be very particular. Mouse had already seen him rearrange his knives several times and wash his paws at least three times. The last competitor was a guinea pig named Duncan, who loomed massively over everyone else. He was wearing a t-shirt that read, No, I won't be your guinea pig. Mouse's ears twitched nervously as he smoothed out his apron. Bright lights suddenly flooded the stage. Mouse tried to search the audience for Larry, but the lights made it impossible for him to see. Bakers, it is time to begin! A hush fell over the crowd. Your challenge today is to create a show-stopping bake with the ingredients found in your chef's basket. Lionel will now hand out the baskets. A dwarf rabbit, Mouse took to be Lionel, scampered across the stage, setting each chef basket out for each contestant. And now, before we begin, we just need to do a brief audio test to ensure the microphones are functioning properly. 
Uh, how about Duncan? Can you be our guinea? Duncan gave the announcer a withering look and pointed at his I-won't-be-your-guinea-pig shirt. Of course. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm Gilligan, if you'd be so kind. As the microphones were tested, Mouse tuned everything out. He tried to focus, tried to remember all the things he'd learned from his successes and his failures. Oh, his failures. There had been so many of those. The cake that had sunk in the middle. The flan that had sunk in the middle. The soup that tasted like soap. The lemon chicken that came out dry. The crepes that came out wet. Mouse was snapped back to the present by the sound of knives hitting cutting boards. Eek! Every second of the competition was precious. Mouse was already behind. He flung open his chef's basket to reveal a wide array of ingredients. Some were run-of-the-mill, flour, lemons, garlic, spices, and then some were just bizarre. A single feather curling toward the heavens, a breath mint, a candy necklace, a spool of blue thread, a jar full of Legos. What? Mouse was perplexed. Was this all an elaborate trick to throw him off track? If so, it was very effective. Mouse was now obsessed with the strange items in his basket. Meanwhile, all the other rodents were working at a furious pace. Flames were shooting up from stovetops. Oven timers were beeping. Knives were slicing, dicing, and peeling. Mouse dumped the ingredients out on his workspace and went to work feeling confused and directionless. After 30 minutes, an alarm sounded. It was half time. Chefs, lay down your knives, the announcer boomed. Our videographer will be visiting each of you for a moment or two for a quick interview about your experience so far. While that's going on, we will have a brief statement from the Free the Hamsters Fund. Mouse groaned. The videographer was headed straight for him, He'd barely gotten through the first half of the competition without cowering under his workstation. Hey there, uh, Mouse? The interviewer said, pointing the camera in Mouse's face. Uh, Mouse? Is that your full name? Just Mouse? My parents aren't the most creative mice in the world, Mouse said. Okay, I'm Jerry. I'm just gonna ask you a couple questions. Tell me, uh, what's the dish you're working on here? Mouse glanced down at the mess on his workstation. Um, uh, the, the dish? Hmm. The dish, uh, the dish, right. What is the dish? That is such a great question, Jerry. Mouse broke into a cold sweat. His tail started twitching. Well, um, you see, I, I enjoy both sweet and savory baking, Jerry, so um, I went with one of those. Uh-huh. What are you calling it? What am I? Mouse's eyes roved the room, as if the answers to these questions might be written on the walls somewhere. That's when he saw him. He was up at the lectern, confidently reading a speech for the Free the Hamsters Fund. Mouse knew this hamster very well. It was a hamster who was always there, waiting for a good story in his cage. 
a hamster who always seemed lonely, who lit up when Mouse and Larry rounded the corner for a visit. It was a hamster named Arnold, and he was free. Mouse felt a surge of energy shoot through him. Arnold is free, he thought again. He searched the audience for Larry, but the blinding lights were still blinding. Arnold, Arnold, Arnold. Mouse noticed Jerry was still waiting for him to answer a question. He might have even asked another question while Mouse was staring at Arnold. Jerry looked impatient. Uh, Arnold, Mouse said. Uh, Arnold? Jerry asked. Uh, yes, yes, uh, my, my pastry dish is called Arnold's Freedom Surprise. Well, what's in it? As the name suggests, it is a surprise, Mouse said, smiling. Mouse kept smiling and daydreaming of his dish while Jerry moved on to the other contestants. Soon, the buzzer sounded, and Mouse took up his knives with great delight. Thirty minutes later, the final buzzer went off. Jasmine, last year's champion, was relaxing and smoothing out her apron, having finished minutes earlier. Sidney the rat was scrubbing down his cutting board for the second time. The rest of the chefs were furiously trying to fix their creations. The announcer had to remind them to step away from their workstations. The competition was over. Mouse was sprawled on the ground, having collapsed in a heap after hurling himself into his work for the last half hour. He pulled himself up. His creation towered over the table. His dish was complicated. It was tall. It had spires. It jutted out in all directions. The three judges, a mouse, a rat, and a dwarf rabbit, inspected each contestant's bake, sniffing and admiring. Mouse fell to lump form in his tummy. He squeaked to himself nervously. Mouse had been so energized by Arnold's appearance at the competition that he'd forgotten how much he had riding on this bake-off. A thought bubbled to the surface of Mouse's mind, and he couldn't shoo it away. If you don't win this competition... You should quit cooking. Mouse gasped at the thought. <gasps> the judges were already rustling a pile of papers with scores on them. Well, folks, the judges are ready to announce the winners of this year's great Rodent Bake Off. This year was a close if one. If you don't Let win this competition, you. you should quit cooking. If you don't win this competition, you should quit cooking. Mouse's head was a blur. He'd put all his time and effort into becoming a real chef, and all he had to show for it was a string of burnt stews and sunken muffins. Mouse stared up at the bright lights and felt as if he could just melt into them. And the winner is... Mouse! Mouse must have jumped three inches in the air. His tail whipped around wildly and smacked Duncan the guinea pig in the nose. Uh, sorry, 
Mouse mumbled as he stumbled forward to accept his award. I won? I won! How did I win? The crowd was on their paws, clapping and squeaking. Mouse couldn't stop grinning. When he reached the lectern, he held out his paws to grasp his big trophy. But the announcer handed him a piece of paper instead. Mouse looked around, confused. Then he saw it. The big trophy. It must have been eight inches tall. Jasmine was embracing it, practically dancing with it. Sidney the rat was holding the second-place trophy, and Gilligan, the gerbil with the shiny knives, was proudly holding up a third-place ribbon. I've really got to stop daydreaming so much, Mouse muttered to himself. This is a first, ladies and gentle rodents. We've never handed out this type of award in the past, but Mouse here inspired the judges to introduce it for the first time this year. Congratulations, Mouse, on receiving the first ever Most Creative Dish Award! Mouse had not won the competition. He hadn't even come close to winning the competition. His dish was apparently not very delicious nor very traditional, but it was creative. As Mouse heard the audience roar with delight, he decided that was good enough for him. He felt his chest swell with pride, and his whiskers stood on end. He clutched his beautiful certificate to his chest. I will frame this as soon as I get back to the fifth hole in the wall, and I will hang it right next to the photo of Grandma riding on the back of a turtle. Mouse thought to himself as he ambled back to his workstation. The competition now over, the audience began filing out and coming down to the cooking floor to meet the contestants. Dozens of mice, rats, gerbils, and dwarf rabbits scampered by, some shouting out congratulations to Mouse. Mouse kept jumping in the air, trying to glimpse his friends. Larry appeared, then Grandma and Uncle Horatio. Mouse gave each of them a hug. Then Arnold worked his way through the crowd to Mouse. Mouse rushed to give him a hug, their first hug ever. Arnold, I can't believe you're here. You you escaped, but how did you do it? My cage was getting kind of grimy, you know, so my humans decided to clean it out. They put me in the bathtub, the, the dry bathtub while they cleaned out my cage, and, well, their tiny person came along. She likes to touch everything, this kid. So when she came towards me, I knew she might scoop me up. She grabbed me by the tail and held me up in the air. And suddenly I had an idea. I whipped around, and I bit her right in the finger. I I didn't really hurt her, but I freaked her out, you know? She screamed, like, screamed. And I kind of turned around as she let go of me, and it fell right on the bathroom floor, and I hit the ground running. And I just ran and ran until I reached the first hole in the wall. Whoa, Mouse said. That's not all. Here's the part that'll really interest you, Mouse. I smelled something wafting towards me. It smelled so good. I followed it until I reached the kitchen. I found this pot of stew, and I ate the whole thing. When I was running out, I saw your apron in the trash can. 
I remember seeing you wearing it last time you visited me. Best chef in the fifth hole in the wall. I couldn't believe my luck. I went to the fifth hole and ran in to your grandma. Grandma smiled. Larry raised a whisker. Guess there was a silver lining to your cooking rut, eh, Mouse? Mouse put his arm around Arnold's shoulder. The best silver lining a mouse could hope for. Arnold, Mouse said as they headed back to the fifth hole in the wall. So, you liked my stew. Mateo, Mateo, stop. No, I don't want your signature in every single one of my books. That one's a library book. I have to return that. Oh, oh, we're back. Sorry, I got distracted. Mateo is apparently going on a book tour for his new memoir soon, and he's going to be doing a bunch of book signings, and he took it upon himself to practice signing his name in all the books on my bookshelf. Okay, Mateo, that's the last one. Put the pen down. Oh, oh, thank you. (sighs) Mateo, were you even listening to the story? Well, you didn't look like you were listening. Well, you were over there scribbling your name a hundred times. All right, hand it over. He wants me to look at what he wrote. Okay, okay, this is in the front cover of a copy of his memoir. Let me get my magnifying glass out. All right, it says... Dearest Rhea, in and out of floorboards, a memoir would never have come to be without your unfailing support, friendship, and editorial notes. Love and light, Mateo. P.S. I loved the story. Aw, Mateo. What? Giving me credit for your memoir? That's crazy talk. But I accept. And I am so glad you loved the story. I hope you guys all loved the story, too. Special thanks today go out to Natasha the Owl, who lives in one of the trees in my backyard. I only saw you that one time, but I've heard you so many times calling out at night. One night in particular, you called out and woke me up out of a dream. I went to the window to look for you, but of course it was too dark to see. But the middle of the night is a great time to dream up stories. And if it weren't for you... This story might never have been made. Kind of like how I'm solely responsible for Mateo's publishing success. Little Stories for Tiny People is written, performed, and produced by me, Rhea Pector. I'm currently working on making Little Fox Can't Wait to Dream into a real picture book. Please, please, please go to littlestoriestinypeople.com and sign up for my new email newsletter. I'll be sending out emails to let you know when the book launches and how to buy it. When you sign up for the email list, you can also provide your children's names so that I can add them to a special secret illustration at the back of the book. Make sure you listen to the episode Another Message to Fans to get all the details. I'll be back in two weeks with a new story to share. 